You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lundi Gras edition of Locked on Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Lundi Gras, we just said, because we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, Mardi Gras is not going to even slow this Pelicans team down, who scored two wins over the weekend, including a surprising one on the second night of a back-to-back without Anthony Davis against the second-best team in the Western Conference. We'll talk about how they came back from 18 down in that one to win it, as well as look at the newest signing that they have, Tim Frazier out no real surprise there. Darius Bertans coming in, a three-point shooter. What can he bring to the team? Why did the Pelicans make this move now? Let's take a look at all of that and more in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So it's nice to not be sick, have my voice back, and be able to talk some hoops here on the podcast. And before we get to the Pelicans' 130-116 win over the Phoenix Suns on Friday, do you want to shout out everyone who came by and up to me on the parade route to say they like listening to the podcast and appreciate the work I do with this? But look, you guys, it should not be you thanking me. It should be me thanking you, and I truly mean that. You all listen. You're taking your time out of the day to listen to this. That means I appreciate you, and I want to thank you all for listening. Please say hi to me if you see me out on the parade route. It's Mardi Gras. It's a lot of fun, and I love hearing the passion from all of you. It's really great, and there's a nice community built around this team. So all that kind of somewhat sappiness out of the way, Pelicans getting a 130-116 win over the New or over the Phoenix Suns on Friday on the road. Anthony Davis played in this one, was not going to play the next night Saturday against the Phoenix Suns. It's kind of been a narrow against the Denver Nuggets. This was announced ahead of time. But it looked like they might lose even with Anthony Davis on the court against the Phoenix Suns within the with the first half, where the Suns had an eleven point lead about halfway through the second quarter. New Orleans came out and just did not look like they cared, looked like they didn't want to play whatsoever, and were just content to kind of get by with a loss. They had 25 turnovers in this game, and I think they had four turnovers on their first five possessions. That's not really how you do this, how you want to get things done. They were just lackadaisical. Defensively, they weren't remotely trying, and nothing was happening whatsoever, and it just looked like a usual they-don't-care Pelicans game. But they went on a run later in the second quarter, pulled within one point at halftime, and then came out and completely smoked the Phoenix Suns the rest of the way. They put up 74 points in the second half, 38 in the uh, third quarter, 36 in the fourth, and the team basically looked entirely different. I'm going to give you guys their point totals and everything for the total game, and then we'll look at it by the second half. You had Kenrich Williams in the starting lineup. He's having a rough shooting time, didn't really have opportunities in this game, finished with just six points on the night, but did have eight rebounds. Good to see from him. Anthony Davis in his usual around 20 minutes here, finished with 17 points, eight rebounds. He didn't really look like he cared in the beginning, but as the team started to wake up and play with more energy, 
and actually tried on defense, shared the ball, and the scoring started to get going. He woke up a little bit too. Julius Randle in the starting lineup, 22 points for him. He's been doing well scoring inside with his left hand, driving that way, scoring on easy jumpers that way too. And he's showing up that three-point range. His rebounding total has been down over the past handful of games. Just grabbed three in this one. Drew Holiday, 30 minutes of action, 9 of 14 from the field, 21 points, 9 assists for him, 5 rebounds as well. Alfred Payton put up a line of 8, 10, or 8, 6, and 10. Then you had each one more in 20 minutes, 20 points on the night. Check Diallo off the bench, 15 points, 11 boards for him. He is making a case to actually stay in the NBA, whereas before it looked like he might be on his way out. Frank Jackson, 25 minutes of action. Better shooting night from the rookie who had been kind of a little bit cold recently. Three of six from the field. Three of three from deep. That's a number you want to see. Nine points, five rebounds on the night. Jalil Okafor, who's seen his minutes really kind of dry up at times, played just eight in this one. Four points on the night from two of three shooting. But take a look at what it was in the second half when the team actually tried. You you just heard some of those numbers. Julius Randle, 18 points in the second half. Um, you had Drew Holiday of his, what, 22. 15 came in the second half. Seven assists as well from him. Alfred Payton, four points, five assists, two rebounds. Each one more of his 20-something. 11 points in the second half. Check Diallo's entirety of his work came in the second half. By the way, Diallo was seven of eight from the field and they just kind of rolled they're better than the phoenix suns even with anthony davis not really playing not really trying and they're just kind of Cruise to a ho-hum victory. 64 points in the paint for the Pels. They had 22 in the fast break. And this, all of this is despite the 25 turnovers. So if you like them winning, this is a very good win. At least they can wake up and beat bad teams, something they haven't always done. But as we'll take a look at after we talk about the Denver Nuggets game, if you want them losing and you want them tanking, this is not good. And we'll take a look at where they are in the tankathon rankings coming up in just a couple of moments. So before we talk about the Pelicans' biggest win of the season, a comeback victory on the road against the West's second-best team, the Denver Nuggets, you can get locked on Pelicans in your car when you get in there. It's super, super easy. Just tell your smart device, your phone, whatever it might be, to play podcast Locked on Pelicans the moment you get in the car. Have it there for your morning commute. That's why these are always posted early in the morning to make sure you can listen and catch up on everything that happened the night before. Look, some of these games are late. You can't listen and watch all of them, but you can certainly listen to Locked on Pelicans in your commute to work. So make sure you listen and subscribe and tell your pod, uh, your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pelicans. So Saturday night, while Endymion was rolling, the Pelicans went out and had a bit of a party and celebration themselves to the tune of a 121-12 win over the Denver Nuggets on the road. That's the West's second best team. Denver going into this game was 42-19. and They are a very, very good ball club right now, and the Pelicans went out and completely stunned them on the road, coming from 19 points down and doing it without 
Anthony Davis. We're going to talk about this probably tomorrow where I'll give you all a good Mardi Gras day rant about why Anthony Davis shouldn't be playing for this Pelicans team. Right here is exhibit one, and you can probably rest your case and let the jury decide at this point after the Pelicans again beat the Denver Nuggets by eight on the road without Anthony Davis, who was not playing on the second night of a back-to-back. This game looked rough for New Orleans early. They were down 19 points. Denver had hit six threes in the first half and looked like they just were kind of doing what they wanted, whereas New Orleans came out and sputtered a little bit like they did against the Phoenix Suns. This team kind of dug deep and rallied and got into their game and went out and played exceptionally well. And it was then iced late in the game after having a five-point lead with about 25 seconds left. Um, you had Will Barton taking the ball up to look to get a quick score for the Denver Nuggets, whether it would be a three or a two. Then Drew Holiday played perfect defense on him, forced to steal, the uh, forces Will Barton to lose the ball. Ball goes towards the baseline. Holiday grabs it, doesn't step on the baseline. If you watch the replay of it, it's kind of close. He's got to be so hyper aware of his feet. Gets that, then sprints down court. He evades all of the Denver defenders who are trying to foul him. He dribbles or circles around them, basically. Then as he's going to the hoop, they finally get the foul, but he's already in the shooting motion. He goes up, scores, gets the and one, which basically then iced the game for the Pelicans. Not only got the steal to end that, but then got the three-point play, which gave the Pelicans an eight-point lead. Not enough can be made of that single play and how important it was and just shows you that Drew Holiday is now the leader in the face of this franchise and someone who is just an excellent basketball player. Simple as that. So what happened elsewhere in this game? Julius Randle, 28 points on the night, 10 rebounds. We said those had been kind of lacking. Again, scoring on the inside to his left, showing off some three-point range too. He's three of six from deep. At one point, Darius Miller hit a couple of threes from deep, got fouled on those as well. Drew Holiday hit one. Julius Randle hit one, which is really Really what sparked the Pelicans getting back into this one scoring-wise. Those basically, uh, what is that, like 12, uh, I'm doing the math in my head, like 14 points right there off the bat that they went out and then kind of swung the game in their favor and got right back into it. He was good. That three-point shooting's important. Drew Holiday, uh, four of nine from deep in this one, 29 points on the night, five assists, three rebounds, and that huge, Huge steal that he had to seal the game and, of course, get to the line as well. Alfred Payton getting close-ish to a triple-double. Eight points, seven rebounds, ten assists for him. Usual solid self. Like, I don't think this is the Alfred Payton we saw through those first four games of the year is going to be the Alfred Payton we're going to see. But this is a guy who can consistently almost give you a triple-double with exactly ten across the board, which is you know what? A very, very useful player. Frank Jackson was more active in this one in 26 minutes of action, 6 of 10 from the field, 2 of 4 from deep. That consistent three-point shot that you've seen now in two games is going to be key for him going forward. 16 points on the night, three uh, sorry, seven rebounds as well. He really took over kind of the second quarter alongside Julius Randle in this one. Check Diallo, six of nine, 12 points, 10 rebounds. He's showing like he is going to be potentially a decent NBA player here, and it's nice to see. Darius Miller getting 27 minutes of action, hit those two big threes that he got fouled on, 10 points as well out of him. Kenrich Williams, again, kind of a quiet night, seven points. Five rebounds. Jalil Okafor, who did get the start in place of Anthony Davis, got more minutes. Five of nine for ten points. 
they were just all good. And really, it was the energy and the effort in the second half, which is what got them back into this. Defensively, they decided to run Denver off of the three-point line. That was big. Denver, who had had six made threes, as I said, in the first quarter, finished with nine on the night. When you can force that team to go cold from deep and run them off, and at least try and funnel them into the paint where it's a little bit easier for this Pelicans team to defend, you can win some games that way. Pelicans did turn the ball over a good bit, 21 turnovers on the night, didn't make themselves pay as much for it. But when you go 40% from uh, three, when you kind of rebound well and out-rebound the Denver Nuggets, when you out-assist them, you're going to have some luck there. And basically, you just see this team playing as a more cohesive unit without Anthony Davis, leading to their best victory of the year, really highlighted and punctuated by that play from Drew Holiday. So it was a great win for the Pelicans, a game that I think I, well, I watched the next day, and <clears throat> I know a lot of people probably watched the next day with Endymion rolling during it. But if you want this, so if you want the team to win and just play hard, you really like this. And it was a lot of fun to watch this team in the final, you know, half of the game, the final three quarters after that rough start. But if you want them to lose and you're worried about draft picks and ping pong balls, these past two wins aren't great for the Pelicans because this firmly puts them right now with the ninth worst record in the league. So if the lottery were to be held today and everything goes as chalk, they're going to have the ninth overall pick. Not amazing, not great, but this is a pretty weak draft overall. There's three picks there that I think everyone is pretty set on being the top three. And after that, it just gets goes downhill a little bit. So the ninth overall pick, not the sexiest thing here. They had two more losses. This would at least put them in eighth within sniffing distance, let's say, of the fifth uh, worst record in the league. They're not catching the top four. You got Phoenix with 13 wins, New York with 13 wins, Cleveland with 16 wins, and then Chicago with 18 wins. Then you jump to Atlanta with 22. The Pelicans have 29, so they're seven games away from the fifth spot, at least in the win column right now. It's going to be tough to get there, especially if Anthony Davis is playing every other game and the team's playing better without him. So I think you've got to hope maybe they move up to seven or six. I don't know if they'll get to five, but two wins there is not going to do it. But overall, I don't know in this draft if there's a huge difference between the ninth overall pick and maybe the fifth overall pick. I haven't done my scouting a ton yet, so I can't say that with any certainty. So take that for what you will. But not great if you want this team to lose and you want to try and get a top five pick, a top four pick, or ideally a top three pick. So anything maybe helps with that, certainly, though the odds have been changed a little bit. So we'll see what happens here. Not entirely convinced that it's going to be anything that different because of the way the draft is being weaker, but certainly not good. We're going to have to start keeping an eye on this now as there's only, what, under 20 games left to go in the regular season. So this is where the Pelicans are, ninth worst in the league right now. We'll see if it gets better or worse as the season goes on. So before we get to your newest Pelicans, Darius Bertans, let me tell you, make sure you're listening to Locked on Pelicans in the car on your commute to work. Just tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Pelicans. So the Pelicans made a roster move this late in the year, a bit surprising given what it is, and I'll explain why and why I think this move was made when it was made. So out was Tim Frazier. By the way, one of Anthony Davis's absolute best friends in the world. Make of that what you will. In comes Darius Bertans of Latvia. His brother Davis plays for the San Antonio Spurs. When you look at this move, it's a bit curious. 
Bertans is 29 years old. It's not like he's this young European guy that they can bring in and develop. So why make this move now? And then you look at some of the numbers for him, and the main one that jumps out at you is going to be his three-point shooting percentage. In the Euro League, the, the, basically the Champions League of European basketball, if you want to use that soccer analogy there, he is leading the league in three-point shooting, shooting 49.5%. He's almost making 50% of his threes. If you round up, it's 50%. So that's what we'll do. Let's say, say he's hitting 50% of his threes in that tournament. Not on huge volume. It's only on 2.9 attempts per game. But that kind of shooting is not always easy to find. And if you can get it cheaply, and the Pelicans assuredly are getting it cheaply using the remainder of one of their exceptions, which probably puts his contract next year. And by the way, it's an uh, unguaranteed option for next year of like $1.4 million. So if this doesn't work out, you can cut him and you don't really pay anything for it to have a cheap shooting a shooter next year, that's pretty good. So I think that's the reason this move was made. Now, lock in potentially some really cheap shooting next year when maybe you are looking to make a playoff push behind Drew Holiday and some of these other guys and whatever the combination of guys you'll get back in exchange for Anthony Davis is. So Bertans from Latvia, some weird things, and I've got a bit of a scouting report from uh, my friend Rainus Loxis, who lives in Latvia, who's an NBA and basketball writer over there, he used to write for um, uh, B-Ball Breakdown a little bit. So we already know Bertans is one heck of a pull-up shooter, and I think that's the main reason he's being signed here as kind of that court spacer. Um, and he has some decent athleticism for his size. This is a guy who's six foot four, plays guard more in line of being a combo guard than anything else, but doesn't really have the playmaking to be considered a one. So he's more really a shooting guard, a two guard here, but can play enough of both that you don't want to kind of lump him into just one position. He can drive to his right, but doesn't have a lot of creativity off the bounce or necessarily the speed or the strength to finish at the rim, maybe consistently in the NBA. It works in Europe where you can create a little bit of spa uh, space and have just more because the talent isn't as good as the NBA. That's not a knock on it. So it's going to be curious whether or not he'll be able to consistently finish at the rim here in the NBA. But if you can just shoot threes and make them and space the court that way, kind of like, I don't know, maybe a better shooting Darius Miller for the Pelicans, Bertans will definitely stay. And again, it's a cheap shooting end of bench option and I think that's really what they're looking for apparently he can throw some temper tantrums if things don't go his way and calls don't go his way potentially can create a bit of an issue a bit of a problem we'll see how that goes here but basically he is a shooter this is something though that he's wanted to come over and play in the NBA for a while usually you have to wait to see these players have their seasons end look at Andrew Bogut who's now leaving the Australian League to come back to the NBA a middle of the season signing leaving their team and making the jump to the NBA is not something that happens very often so this is something that Bertans definitely wants to have had happen and is going to try and make it work his numbers overall by the way in the in Europe not particularly great this season he's only averaging 6.1 points per game basically he's making his threes and that's really it doesn't get to the free throw line doesn't really rebound assist steal or do anything else he is a spot up 
three-point shooter. That's what the team's looking to do. Why not take a chance on some cheap shooting? And I think that's why you're seeing it. Maybe you can kind of stick it to Anthony Davis a little bit by cutting Tim Frazier, though I don't really think that's even remotely what the Pelicans were trying to accomplish in this. So we'll see how this goes. You know, there's a chance he may or may not be on the team next year. Can't really hurt at this point late in the season to take a shot on a guy that you think could be working work out and be a very cheap option. Going to be wearing number 45 for the New Orleans Pelicans. We'll see how it goes the rest of the way. Should be fun. We should see him. He's not here yet. Should be coming back pretty soon. Um, so maybe we'll see him that Wednesday after Mardi Gras against the Utah Jazz. Don't think we'll see him tonight. By the way, the Pelicans play tonight. This is how much Mardi Gras is on my mind that I'm not even going to be talking about the game. So we'll see how Bertans does. Cheap shooting option. We'll see where it goes from here. But don't necessarily get your hopes up. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Enjoy the game tonight if you're watching it on TV or if you're out in Utah. Or enjoy Orpheus and all of the other Mardi Gras parades. It is a lot of fun. We'll probably have something for you guys tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to be me recapping the Jazz game. I legitimately just might pre-record something um, and, and throw that up on Mardi Gras Day if you all want something. Obviously, we got other things going on down here in New Orleans. So enjoy Mardi Gras. Enjoy the game tonight. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all next time.